Aloha, North Kohala. It's Holly Allgood, and you're listening to Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. It is January 8th, 2020. I can barely believe it. And it's exactly 12 noon. I'm so excited to be here today with Christy Krantz. Christy Krantz, one of our local hobby uh, people who is one of the most creative people I can think of. She has been quite a musician. We all know her as a painter. She's been a beekeeper. She's a local activist for keeping from Malama the Aina. And uh, we're so happy to hear have you here today, Christy. And Thank hear, you, Holly. Yeah, and hear your story. Yeah, it's a long one now that we're this old. <laughs> <laughs> so where did your story start? Where, where were you born? I was born in Iowa, and that's only because my family was passing through. <laughs> so okay. um, we settled in Seattle, and I was raised in Seattle until I was about... 13, and then I moved to California briefly, and I ran away from there at about 17, graduated high school early, left, and moved to Aspen, where I think my life actually began. So not much to say about your childhood growing up? I had a magnificent childhood on Mercer Island in Washington, Mm. ideal before, you know, Mercer Island is now, you know hoity-toity mega bucks place but back then it was we had a house on the lake and we sailed and um, um, water skied and fished and camped and hiked and had a great had a great childhood so a lot of outdoors growing up yes Mm -hmm. absolutely Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then in California did it change much Um, my parents had gotten divorced and that's why I had to move to California so I was a really mad 13 14 15 year old and um I, I thought I was going to the land of surfboards and blondes and all that stuff, and I ended up in the San Francisco Bay Area, which was like, um, you know, just being dug out, and it was just white bread, and just, it was terrible. It was terrible. So uh, your 13-year-old self was not happy there? No, she was not happy anyway, and as she got older, she was even more unhappy, and so, you know, I became one of the what they call them, the heads at the high school, you know, instead of going to the, you know, the uh, rallies and cheerleading and stuff, I was out on the lawn smoking cigarettes and rebelling against everything and going to (laughs) Berkeley and wearing tie-dye shirts and stuff. And so, and then I just decided, well, you know, things at home weren't so great, so I graduated early. And I I went to Aspen and I became a ski bum and um, I started singing and um, then boy, I'll tell you, the next 10 years were just spot on. All in Aspen? Yeah. Skiing and singing? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So were you singing professionally at that point? I was. I I started sitting on a little stool with my big fat guitar and doing opera ski at a restaurant, and then I'd roll into a nighttime gig, and then um, these guys found me, and they said, if you'll get rid of your guitar, you can sing with us. And I went, oh, good. Oh, yay. <laughs> How lucky I am. So what so, type of things did you sing? Oh, we did rock and roll. We did um, blues. We did the boys were from uh, the, what do you call it, southern rock genre. So we did a lot of Leonard Skinner and Marshall Tucker and, um, 
Yeah, and we I would ski all day and then roll into the Opry Ski Bar and um, play with my band, and then we'd roll over to the night gig, move everything over to the nightclub, wow. play all night, and then we'd party until like 2, 3, 4 in the morning, get up, <laughs> ski all day, <laughs> do it all over again, seven days a week. Wow. It was pretty, it was pretty awesome. It's a good thing I was young. <laughs> <laughs> so what brought an end to, to those happy years? Um, I think a little too much of all that happy. Yes. Yep, a mm -hmm. little too much happy. Mm -hmm. And um, my uh, my boyfriend's brother had bought the Kamuela Inn out here in Waimea. And, and, he, and right here on the Big Island. Yeah, mm -hmm. and he moved out here and he said, so you and Phil want to move out here? Um, can you be here in 10 days? I said, okay. <laughs> and we were. We packed up and we moved out here and that's where this story began. So do, were you actually living at the Camuela Inn? We were. We were, and we did it for two years, and then um, we sold it, and I ended up, I moved um, across from the Edelweiss, or near the Edelweiss, and lived by myself, and mm -hmm. paddled for, what, 25, 30 years, mm -hmm. and worked in restaurants and things like that. Mm -hmm. So I know you're quite the artist. When did that happen? That happened... Um, it started when I was a little girl, and I would draw and spend my weekends in my room doing what I loved the best, which was just drawing people and things. And And then I think when my parents got divorced, I forgot about it because mm -hmm. I didn't pick up a pencil or anything until I started going to Bali. And I was just telling my girlfriends this the other yesterday. I saw this thing happening in Bali where the Balinese were selling off their rice fields and building homestays on them and I thought about the future and I thought how awful this was and how dramatic it was that these people are going to trade in their livelihoods for um, tourism and so wait a second how did you get to Bali ah another oh yeah another one of my ventures I was making clothes and I decided to actually I went to Bali on a vacation with my girlfriend Barbie and I loved it so much I said how can I get back there and so I made up some patterns, and I took them down and had the Balinese start making clothes for me. And so then I did this back-and-forth um, trade thing for mm, four or five years. And so in, while, while my clothes were being made, I would travel around the islands. And this is when I saw. It was in 93 through 96 or 92 through 96. So a little bit late for some people's standards, but a little early for others. And... Um, it's changed a lot. But back in those days, um, there was just rice patties and beautiful Balinese people with their smiles. And I saw this dichotomy between the old rice ways and the new tourist ways and the fancy I want money stuff. And, and I, I had to paint it. And that's when I picked up a paintbrush for the first time. So it was back in Bali mm -hmm. that you, and Bali 93. is... Bali is really known for having such creativity and each village kind of specializing in a different uh, art form. Exactly. Hmm. So you started painting there and actually had clothes made with some of your uh, fabric designs? Actually, I, bu I bought their fabric. Uh -huh. And this is another weird thing. It was before I started silk painting. But you know the Balinese fabric where they use the big uh, wax lines and it does look like... Um, Batik. Yeah. Well, it's not exactly batik, but it's they use the big wax lines, and um, it looks like my silk paintings. And I had never painted before, and so I was just going down with my own patterns. I'd make a dress pattern or pants, 
And then I'd go buy fabric and leave it with the Balinese and come back six weeks later and ship it back here. And then um, I decided at some point that I was done with that. And I came back here and I started watercoloring. And I decided that um, I wasn't really good enough to enter the market as a watercolorist. And my girlfriend, Barbara Jelks, if you're listening, thank you again. <laughs> she um, put a silk painting kit in my hand, and that's where that all started. And, uh-huh. and then I realized I was doing exactly what I was importing was the Balinese fabrics. And I went, wow, this is weird. So that's when I started um, actually painting on silk. How long ago was that? That was 93. So you've 94. been painting on silk for almost 30 years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And w- so were you uh, mostly making clothing, or did the silk paintings become standalone wall art? Um, that didn't happen for a while. I started off making clothes, and I did um, the bias cut Marilyn Monroe um, very elegant long gown, and that was my favorite um, best-selling item. And I had a great clientele, and I would do jackets that went with it, and I would do sarongs, and I had um, just, you know, little sarong sets and stuff, and I sold in um, several boutiques across the island. I did a stint at Neiman Marcus in Honolulu, um, sold clothes there for about a year, and um, I did a design for Jams World, and that it was very fun. And then um, the Harbor Gallery was selling my stand-up three-panel screens, and, and people started asking for wall art. So I started doing fine art and um, framing my pieces and moved away from clothing and into that. Uh-huh. So and when, when did that happen? I would say, um, let's see, it's 2020, so... I would say 12 or 15 years ago we started um, doing that. Mm. So. so that's also been a long time. It has been a long time. I mm-hmm. was thinking that yesterday when I was painting. How long have you been standing here doing this mm-hmm. and loving it, mm-hmm. still loving it? Mm. You know. Well, that's so important. Well, and you've—I mean, I—I've seen you be involved with pottery and beadwork, and are you—are you? How did all of those things get incorporated? Um, you know, I—I—I'm a very interested person. I'm a curious person, and if I see something that I like, um, I'll probably buy one, and then I'll see if I can't make it. Um, happens with jewelry, and then suddenly, geez, I need more jewelry stuff. And it happens with pottery. I was a potter in high school and actually went to um, a, a finishing school um, in Aspen doing pottery. Yeah, it finished me. <laughs> <laughs> in what way? Oh, I'm just kidding. I mean, Aspen was really a lot of fun. But um, anyways, so, yeah, pottery was something that I really loved to do. And Jack bought me a wheel. And so... I do that, and um, I dabble in watercolors. I dabble in oils. Um, what the heck else? Um, yeah. Great. So speaking of Jack, when did Jack come into the picture? Well, Jack came into the picture in 2005. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, I was feeding the cats down at Mahukona, mm-hmm. and that was what I did for the first five years that I was here in Javi. And Jack was playing music down at Mahukona. And we passed like ghosts in the night or ships in the night, you know, every Wednesday night. And um, 
I never paid him any attention. And then somehow, somewhere, I, I looked up and I saw him <laughs> for who he was. And I mm-hmm. said, oh, my God, there he is. And so he, I, I didn't realize he was also a musician. Jack. Yes. You didn't know Jack's a musician? <laughs> he didn't tell I'm not me. laughing at you. <laughs> I'm not laughing at you at all. It's, it's just that Jack has been playing music for um, so long that that's pretty much what everybody knows him for. Oh, that's so funny. And he's a, a wonderful guitar player. Mm-hmm. And when I met him, he was playing... Um, sort of like a bossa nova jazz. Mm-hmm. And I asked him sort of callously, I said, can you can you do any blues? And he starts going into this, um, you know, stormy Monday blues thing. And I said, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm in love with this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and we started a band. Uh-huh. And we had a band for five years. It what was, was the name of the it band? It was called Rock Candy. Rock Candy. And you know Mally and Tonya yes, yes. and Yoli uh-huh. and myself and uh, we had a female drummer, two female drummers and a female bass player and Jack. I love that name, Rock Candy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was a great band. We did Motown. We did just all kinds of stuff because there were so many vocalists and stuff. I actually played the piano um, during that um, time period. It, it was very fun. Uh-huh. Oh, well, it's too bad that's not going on anymore. <laughs> well, I see it's time for a break. We're here on Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. We're here with the very lively and vibrant Christy Krantz. We'll be back after this station identification. Woman, sister, do you hear me? You are the giver of life. Your blood is This is Isla Allgood of Women's Voices. Tune in on Monday and Wednesday from 4 till 6 p.m. To listen to women from around the world, around Hawaii, songs with positive and empowering messages on KNKRLP 96.1 FM, Monday and Wednesday, 4 to 6 p.m. On Monday, January 27th, the North Kohala Public Library presents a Hanahoe Talk Story session on sugar and ranching in Hawaii with local storyteller and historian Boyd Bond. Bond will discuss how the fledgling Hawaiian economy began to adapt as the presence of Western markets, ranching, and large-scale sugar farming took hold in the islands. This event takes place at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, January 27th. For more information, call the North Kohala Public Library. Aloha, North Kohala. It's Holly Good here on Tutu's Talk Story on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. I'm back with Christy Krantz, who has definitely led a happy life. And uh, I'm curious about your art. Where's your art today? Ah, uh, my art is with me every day. I, um, I, we just built a studio for my, for me, for me, um, a couple years ago over at Jack's house. And the reason we define that is because I have my house on the highway, which is where I worked for 
the first 15 or 20 years, I guess, until we built the studio. And so I've just recently moved over to our house, and I have this amazing, beautiful, humongous studio that encompasses my silk painting, my watercolors, my sewing, my jewelry. Um, I have everything under one roof, and it's on our property, so Jack and I can spend more time together, which is nice. And it's a beautiful studio, and yes. and you were saying something about you see your your art has transformed in the last few years. It has. Um, you know, we were talking earlier about um, how you transform to keep up with the times, and some people just ditch whatever they were doing and try something new, but I totally identify with myself as a painter. I don't know what I would do if I didn't paint. And so it seems that um, the the wall art market has really dropped off, and so I'm just not selling so much, uh, so many paintings anymore. And it seems to have switched over to um, sculpture, and I don't really have time to become a sculpturess. <laughs> so I've sort of reverted back to doing my clothing, which is what I love anyway. And I'm going um, with more boutiques again and I'm trying to find more outlets. And um, I'm starting up with my new designs again and really enjoying my sewing and creativity. And even though it's not quite as a, you know, financially profitable, it's, it makes me happy. And So tell us about your clothing. What kind of clothing, how would you define what makes your clothing unique? Uh, well, first of all, it's hand-painted silk. And um, second of all, everything I make is designed by me. And I've heard people say that my clothing is designed for anybody to wear. Like I do a bias cut dress, which accommodates um, a wide range of figures. And I do ruanas, which is a shawl that you can just throw over any outfit. And I'm doing ponchos, which is also a real fun thing to just throw on and dress up. Um, your world. I'm doing sarong pants again, which was something I did when I was in Bali um, with little tops. And I'm doing short dresses and long dresses and um, kimonos. I'm, um, I was going to say I'm making something for my husband, but he's listening right now. <laughs> it's his birthday tomorrow. <laughs> so, um, Wow, that's a lot. It is a lot. Mm -hmm. And it's real fun to get back into it. So, and it's all silk and all hand-painted. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. And all mm -hmm. hand-sewn. I do all my sewing and mm. designing and mm -hmm. everything. Mm -hmm. Well, I know I have a beautiful shawl. It's really quite something. I'm glad you like it. Oh, yeah. So I, I want to let everybody know if anybody has any questions about Christy or any comments, give us a call at 884-KNKR or 884-5657. So I'm curious... I know you also had a lot to do with bees coming to North Kohala. Can you talk a little bit about that? I can. Boy, I love my bees. Um, it happened, I, I'm not exactly sure when, but there was a moment when I realized that we had no bees in Kohala, and I had heard the talk about the demise of the bees, and I was walking up Hoea Road one day, and I stepped over a swath of dead bees in the middle of the road. And uh, I said, wow, okay, it's time. It must have been five years ago because I had, I was getting ready for thumb surgery and I knew that I couldn't paint for a while. So I said, okay, let's go find out what we can do. So Jack and I went and took 
um, beekeeping classes from Jen, who is our guru um, over in Pune, and we um, had some hives build, built for us, and we started off, and uh, we were very successful. Um, Don also, Don Barnett started at the same time, and so the two of us were working with bees, and we started a group of people who were interested in bees, and my thought was to um, raise enough awareness and get enough people um, keeping bees around here so that um, they would come back into the wild on their own and be safe again. And after five years, I, I kind of bowed out, and um, I think that has happened. Yes, and there's an, and Dawn is still going on. She I is. see her at the market, and yes. there's quite a few other people also yes, now keeping bills in North, bees in North Kohala. Mm -hmm. So that was a wonderful thing for you to start us mm -hmm. off with. And you did it as well. Yes, yes, yes. And we were talking earlier that unfortunately there are some pests that take over the beehives, mm -hmm. and both of us were victims of that. Mm -hmm. But um, it's good to have the bees. Definitely. It's really great, and I miss them. I, I, oh, boy, just going into that beehive and hearing that hum and smelling the honey, and it's just a wonderful experience. I, I would highly encourage anyone who wants to keep bees to go ahead and do it. Absolutely. And so now I see you're very involved with another form of insect mm. here on the island. Do you, are you ready to talk about that? I am, and I will talk about that briefly. Um, we have fire ants here, LFAs, little fire ants. And um, I always say no blame, no shame as to how they got here. But um, the, in general, the consensus is that they're coming in on plants that people bring in from usually the Puna side of the island without checking or um, from nurseries. They're importing um, plants without knowing that there's fire ants on them. I saw somebody called me and had me come over and eradicate fire ants on some uh, building supplies that they had brought in from HPM and Hilo. So they're coming in that way, and Kohala is inundated at this point. As a matter of fact, the whole big island, um, I've heard, is almost beyond salvaging at this point. So how big are these little fire ants? They are... I mean, I, we all we all know the little black sugar ants, and some people have red ants that are that big, they're but I've very, heard those are not them. Very, very, very tiny. Um, very tiny. You can't, like if you're looking right at a tree with the fire ants on them, you won't see them. Mm -hmm. um, the reason you could see them is if you put a chopstick on the tree and the chopstick starts walking, that's really scary. That's when you have a major inundation. Mm -hmm. um, they are, and I can't tell you in millimeters, but about half the side of, size of a pinhead. Okay, very so small, really tiny. Very, very tiny, and mm -hmm. they move very, very slowly, mm -hmm. um, which was, is amazing that they've covered so much territory. I'm just wondering if you know this. I haven't seen it in any of the literature. If, you, uh, if there's a way of telling if a plant you have has been has had them on it, like what does it look like if they've infested a plant? They don't actually uh, leave any marks on the plant. So they, it's not like they're leaving holes oh, or no, no, no. there's not sap coming no, out of something? No, they, they use the water and the nutrients from the plant, and mm -hmm. um, that's uh, where they derive their nutrition from. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm just going to say this is how you can find out about little fire ants. First of all, go online and go to the little fire ant lab 
or BISC, B-I-I-S-C, Big Island Invasive Species. Um, we have lots of um, little fire ant testing stations around town, and the uh, everybody should test. People say over and over, I don't have them. I've never been bit. Well, I'm sorry. I was never bit either, and my property was infested, and I had no idea that they were there. And the thing about them is that you don't know they're there until you are majorly infested. And once you're majorly infested, it's nearly impossible to get rid of them. So testing, 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 get chopsticks, paint the ends of the chopsticks bright orange because you'll lose them. <laughs> um, go put them in your potted plants, put them in rock walls, put them in um, the foundation of your house, any place that um, you might think or where a centipede might live, like in rock, uh, wood piles and leave them there for about 15 minutes, uh, come back with a plastic bag, collect them, throw them in that bag, and uh, if you're not sure if you have fire ants, you can bring them to me. You can put them in one of the uh, little fire ant collection stands and they'll let you know. Where are these fire ant collection stands? Um, they, I just got back from a vacation, but before I left they were at Takata store, they were at um, Arakaki store down in, um, uh, uh, down there. Kapa'au. and So that's, that's two places that we all have access to locally. Exactly. And make sure it's in a Ziploc bag. Make sure it's so in a Ziploc bag and freeze, freeze, freeze them. Freeze it. Yeah. Freeze them first. No live okay. ants will be taken. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry, I'm just a little out of touch because I haven't done anything for a month. And I have to say I came back from my trip and I tested for fire ants when I got back and I have them again. So mm -hmm. you have to just keep testing, eradicating. Um, there is a bait, which is called probate, which has worked really well for me. It's a granular bait. I stock it at my house for people who need it. And um, you put it in a, a fertilizer spreader and spread it in the infest infested areas, and the ants will come out, take the bait back to their queen, and kill the queen. And it, if you keep it up, it's effective. But if you forget about it and you don't do it, it's, it's all over. Right. So. Okay. So... And you're saying it's all over the island. Yes. Yeah. It's been, uh, uh, particularly in Puna, that area that's well known, but um, since it got to Kohala, it's all over Kohala, from Keokea Park all the way to, um, let's see, where, well, to Kwai Hai. To we Kwai found them in Kwai Hai. Mm -hmm. Just recently, yes, mm -hmm. up the hill, down the hill. Mm -hmm. So this is something also that people can get at the local hardware store if they um, can? You have to go down to Kona to get the probate. Oh, you do? You do. Mm -hmm. Or you can come to me and okay. ask me for it. Um, mm -hmm. Like I say, I've been gone for a while, so I'm not um, mm -hmm. too up on that. But um, I can't think of the name of the place in Kona right now. Farm and Garden? No. Um, I'll think of it. Well, and there's something, as you say, the so B-I- ISC, yes. which is the Big Island Invasive, invasive species. species. Yes. So they can go to that website, and there was also, was there another website for yes, Little Yes, the Little Fire Ant Lab. Okay. And right. that, that would be just be spelled out, Little Fire Ant Lab? Yes. Okay. Yes. So and two websites where people can learn more yes. and also where to get resources to take care of right. them, to t learn how to test right. and take care of them. There's yeah. also a program up at the Resource Center, which I'm not sure where it's at, but they're working in um, uh, along with the Cokie Frog Coalition. And oh. it's John Winters and Steve Hoffman. Mm -hmm. um, they're working together and... Um, 
you could check in there if you're interested, too, about uh, information and supplies and things like right that. Right here at the North Kohala mm -hmm. Resource Center. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, we're here with Christy Krantz. She's telling us about her experience with insects good and not so good, <laughs> uh, as well as her artwork and all her creative activities. Again, if you have any questions or comments, give us a call at 884-KNKR or 884-5657. And for now, we're going to take a brief station break, and we'll be right back. Tune in Thursday nights from 8 to 10 for classic and contemporary country and Hawaiian music. Only on your community radio station. KNKRLP 96.1 FM. Kohala. Lions Club is now accepting requests from community groups for financial support for the coming year. Applicants must serve the Kohala community, with preference given to groups that serve youth or the needy. The application form can be requested by email, or hard copies can be picked up from the North Kohala Resource Center. Completed applications must be postmarked no later than January 31, 2020. To request an application or learn more about the Kohala Lions Club, call Chris Brown at 884-5122. That's 884-5122. Mahalo. Aloha, North Kohala. It's Holly All Good on Tutu's Talk Story here on KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. We're here today with Christy Krantz. And who, as most of you listening probably know, she's led a pretty happy, happy life. It sounds like there was a little rebellion as a teenager, but, I mean, it sounds like you've had some pretty good times. And one of the things that came up over the break was, well, how have you got over times that weren't so good? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said brute strength, basically. <laughs> but I um, saw those muscles flexed. <laughs> Um, in thinking about that question, I would have to say um, uh, one of the things that gets me out of a funk and back into reality where I can function and think about um, what's really going on is endorphins and exercise and nature. And um, I've been a runner since I was 17. I can't run anymore, but I do walk. I paddled for 35 years. Paddling saved me from Aspen, and that's all I'm going to say about that. But we came back out of Aspen with some, you know, some some party stuff. habits. Yep, some stuff. And so I'm um, going down there and working out on that ocean every day. I'm telling you what, there's nothing that makes you see clearer than your whole body alight with golden light and energy and your muscles growing and pumping and the whales and the wind in your face and the salt water, it just brings you right back to reality. And mm -hmm. I would have to say that exercise and um, just getting out in nature. 
I think that's great advice, and I see you definitely practice what you preach. I, I think the I've seen you walking more than any other time. Yeah. Every time I see you, you're out there with your dog, and you're walking up and down the streets, and I didn't know you were a paddler, but it, yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So that definitely, I, was, I, I think that's uh, one of the things that's going on in our times right now is the depression level is way up. I kept hearing, and especially in the last couple of years, mm -hmm. more and more people um, having severe depression. Mm -hmm. And, you know, over and over also hearing that, that two of the things that are the best for that, well, three things, getting out there and moving your body, mm -hmm. being in nature, mm -hmm. and then talking about how you feel. Right. So and I would say the other thing is turning off the news. And, you know, there's so many of us who get up every morning, myself included. I am a news junkie. I get up and I read the news. I read Facebook. I absorb all this crap. And I get out of bed and I go, ugh. And so I have, I've, I've cut back. I haven't stopped. But I sort of scroll through the, the nasty stuff that I, I, I know it's happening. I'm, I don't have my head buried in the sand. But there's nothing I can do about it yeah. until I vote. Mm -hmm. And we're not going into politics, but um, even the environment and stuff like that, if, if it depresses you, do something about it. You yes. know, find something that you can do mm -hmm. that makes a difference, that makes you feel powerful. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I would say try to keep your spirits up. Mm -hmm. And if it's the news that's bringing you down, stop looking at it. Yeah, well, that's very good advice. And as I say, you're obviously somebody who practices what she preaches. And... I absolutely getting getting out there and making your body move mm -hmm. makes a whole lot of sense. It really does. Yeah. <clears throat> so, uh, were were you a, were you on the track team, or w was it something just that you did for exercise when you said you ran? Um, um, I I've always been an athlete all my life. I was a gymnast when I was younger, and I I dove. Um, I was a swimmer on the swim team, the tennis team, all that stuff. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and that was mom. And um, and then I had a boyfriend one time when I was in Aspen, and he told me that my butt was looking a lot like it had been connected to my knees. And I said, well, that's not going to happen. And so I started running, and I've been running ever since. Mm -hmm. And um, I absolutely love to run. I can't do it anymore because of my back, unfortunately. Mm. But um, And paddling does the same thing. Mm -hmm. It's just, mm -hmm. there's nothing like being in shape and having your body do everything you want it to do. And mm -hmm. it's real good. Real good advice, especially mm -hmm. as we age. Yep. Continue moving. I know. I'm down to walking now, and mm -hmm. I just had a little accident, which makes walking even in impossible right now. And it makes me very aware of how precious our health is. Absolutely. Can't wait to get better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, what's next for you? Um, you know, it's the new year, and I think that I'm going to focus on um, making sure that I am happy every day. And that when I say what time it is, I'm going to say it's my time. <laughs> well, you know, I think one of the other things that came out in the last couple of years is that happiness is a choice. Yes. And I think a lot of people didn't think that. They thought that, oh, some people are happy and some people aren't, but we all can choose happiness, eh? Yes, I mm -hmm. totally agree. Mm -hmm. I agree. And I've been in a funk for a couple of days since I hurt my leg, and 
I am not a depressed person. I have never been down for more than, you know, a day in my life. And it's been three days and I'm playing this sad fiddle. And I said, I do not want to be like this. <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, and I hear you just did some traveling recently. We did. It was fantastic. My, um, my mom took Jack and I on a really wonderful cruise. And we started in Venice. And we got to see Venice flooded, which was amazing. We got to walk through the streets of Venice in those boots up to our knees. And really? Mm-hmm. That was really something to be a part of that. Mm. And um, So I'll, that's, I mean, it, the, just the waters rising? Or the, is the city really in danger? I would say it's in danger um, due to climate change, but the actual flooding of the city isn't anything new. There's something called Aqua Alta, which is where the high tide and the full moon um, converge and the the waters come up. There's sirens. Um, we heard the sirens go off in the middle of the night to warn people. And it just comes up from the sidewalks and the canals and just rises like almost like a tsunami wave. And it, it's amazing. But with climate change, it's happening more often and it's getting more severe. And um, people are getting tired of it. So... I don't know what they're going to do. Can't be very healthy. It, it, it doesn't smell healthy, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and people are talking about how cold it is and, and things like that. Mm. But it was really interesting being there and mm-hmm. being a part of that. Oh, yeah. So we went from there to Croatia, mm. which was fantastic. We went to a place called Kirka National Park, K-R-K-A. And um, because of it, it had been raining so much, this park, which is pretty much a hydroelectric, um, uh, um, uh, what do I say? It runs a hydroelectric plant. It was majorly flooded. And so we were walking across these uh, wooden paths with tons and tons and tons of water flowing underneath us, like Niagara Falls. Spectacular. Um, apparently, Tesla, who was born in that little town, brought electricity to that little town from this hydroelectric plant before Paris had electricity. So that was a interesting little tidbit. Tesla, the scientist, not yes. the car no, dealer. No, 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 no. <laughs> Nikola Tesla. And uh, we had an experience where we came out of this amazing waterfall situation into the parking lot. We ran into our neighbor, Eric, (laughs) here from from Javi. And that was just astounding. It it was astounding. So for both of us. Yes. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. Neither of you knew that you were going to be there. We had no idea. No, wherever you go, Javi is there, right? It's true. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Well, that sounds exciting. It was. Uh, so were those the was were those the places you went or what else did you do? We we did twelve days and we were in twelve places and it was it was fantastic because we got to see the overview of all these places and it's kind of like a buffet you can go back and have more of what you liked. So we saw Cator, Montenegro. We saw Rhodes, Greece. We saw Athens. We saw. Um, uh, let's see, Santorini, and um, let's see, so many places, um, Sicily, Salerno, the Amalfi Coast. Wow, that is water. a lot of places. Yeah, it was fantastic. Now, what do you like best about traveling? Oh, boy, I'll tell you what, it makes time slow down. We were talking about how this last decade has just passed by so fast, and um, my theory is that when you're traveling, everything is brand new. And it's like being a kid. 
And if you remember being a kid, school days were so long. And summer was so long. And, you know, your birthday was forever away, away. (laughs) And time stretches because everything is brand new. And when you're traveling, you get up and you don't know where your glasses are. And you don't really know where your cup of coffee is going to come from. And you don't know what is going to happen today. And you don't know how to drive on the left side of the road. And so everything requires your total undivided attention. And, and at the end of the day, I know you'll agree with me, you look back and you go, oh, my God, was that just this morning that we were in that <laughs> cafe having a croissant? And that's what I like the most about traveling. It just it's, um, it stretches time and it lasts forever afterwards. And well, and do you find you come back with a fresh perspective? I do. Um, the first thing I come back with is an appreciation of where I live. And um, I realized that uh, the world is a beautiful place, but my home is the most beautiful for me. And uh, oftentimes I'm inspired to paint. Um, oftentimes I'm inspired to just do other things. I don't know. I came back from Italy last year and did a whole set of pottery with Italian painting on it because I couldn't ship it back, so I made my own. <laughs> <laughs> so it definitely adds to your creativity. And yeah. it sounds like, you, I mean, it's it's such a learning. Who knew Tesla came from this small town in Croatia? Yeah, we learned a lot. And we learned a lot about those areas, the war-tornness of them, and how they're still struggling from the wars and how desperate they are for money and how their lives have changed and how the population is um, reducing. It's going backwards. The young people are leaving, and the old people are dying, and... Um, there was a woman in Corfu who was the last rug weaver of her mm-hmm. uh, lineage, and mm-hmm. none of the young women in the village wanted to learn it, and so she was making her last rug. Mm. And it's beautiful art, mm-hmm. really beautiful. So very sad to see so- the loss of some of these ancient traditions Yes, it all is all over the world. All over the world. And mm-hmm. then you see um, you're up at the top of Santorini, and you see people walking around looking at their cell phones. And you're like, I, I just, I can't believe this. <laughs> I cannot believe this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah, things are changing. And I think the more ch- things change, the more I dig in. And that's one of the things that I did when I came back. I was offline, out of Wi-Fi, no connection to the world, no news, no Facebook, no nothing, no cell phones, no text for three weeks. Mm-hmm. And I found that I really disconnected when I came back. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, not completely, but mm-hmm. partially. Mm-hmm. And that's that's part of what's making me really happy right now. Mm-hmm. Taking a break. Taking a break. Mm-hmm. Just getting away from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your your slave driver over here, the phone. Every time it bings, you go <gasps> and you stop everything. I don't do that anymore. I mm-hmm. let it bing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we were talking about how. Now that we've come to an age where we've had a lot of, a lot of time on this planet, we only tend to get wiser. Do you have any words of wisdom, mm-hmm. or for the, uh, the listeners out there from <sighs> from your life? Gosh, uh, I would say, um, don't ever look back and blame yourself for who you were or what you did because it was all a learning experience and. Um, I would say embrace that inner child and um, have no regrets. Um, I, uh, everything is going to be okay to the younger people. Everything really is going to be okay. I would say um, maintain your integrity above all things. Stay true to yourself. 
and um, and stay interested, stay curious. Um, those things are really important to growth. Um, stay off your phones, get off the iPad. <laughs> and get out into nature. Get out there and do stuff. Mm-hmm. Get out there mm-hmm. and do stuff. Be kind to each other. Mm. Be kind to each other. I see so much. People are forgetting to be kind. Mm. Um, be kind in traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, be generous mm-hmm. in the store when somebody bumps you. Be generous. Mm-hmm. Uh, be generous to your girlfriends. Tell them how beautiful they are mm. when they're not expecting it. You mm-hmm. know, um, mm-hmm. tell your husband you love him just because. Mm-hmm. Just all those things make um, that life circle happier and better. Mm, sounds good to me. This is Holly Allgood. You're listening to Tutu's Talk Story. That was Christy Krantz telling us all how to live a little happier. And we're going to take a station break and be back for a wrap-up. DJ Annalisa Remix, Bisayan Budot. Tagalog Larawang Kupas. And to these hits, Lane and Dub. Only here, be nice to hits. Every Thursday, 11 to 1. Dito sa KNKRLP 96.1 FM. Kuhalas. Okay. <laughs> The U.S. Census Bureau is recruiting to fill temporary job positions in North Kohala to assist with the 2020 census count. Census results are used to determine your representation in Congress, and they help decide how billions of dollars are distributed for hospitals, schools, roads, and more. Help ensure that everyone in your community is counted in the 2020 census. The jobs feature flexible hours and competitive wages. Applicants must have their own cell phone and their own vehicle. To apply, go to 2020census.gov. Aloha, North Kohala. It's Holly Allgood, and you're listening to the end of Tutu's Talk Story. My very special guest today was Christy Krantz, and of course, this is KNKRLP 96.1 FM Kohala. I'm going to put it out one more time if anybody has any questions comments or questions, you could call us at 884-KNKR or 884-5657. For those of you not on island, our area code's 808. Well, Christy, it sounds like you have really had a very full and fruitful life, and you're still out there putting out art. If people want to see your art or uh, get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, Well, thank you for that first of all. Um, and I am very happy. Thank you. Um, you can see my art done at the Harbor Gallery. Um, they've been my oldest and longest uh, supporters. And that's uh, in Kauai High? That's in Kauai High. Mm-hmm. Um, I have my fine art there. And here in Kohala, you can find it at Ackerman uh, Gift uh, Gallery, which is across from, not to be confused with Gary Ackerman's gallery. Um, I have clothes and paintings there as well. Um, And that's across from the King Kamehameha statue in Kapa'au. Exactly. Next to the pizza place. And um, you can find sarongs and things like that up at Azhavi Turns. Um, Hanaho and Hilo is carrying my uh, line of clothing. 
And you could also go to my website. I finally had um, my good friend Kathy Jackowski design a website for me last year. So um, I'm selling mostly my paintings or um, the ponchos or artwork, um, clothing. I have uh, little ditty things like coffee cups that you can put my images on or cell phone covers, um, T-shirts, things like that, if you want to go that direction. Something for everybody. And, and, and what is that website? Um, that website, I believe, is under Christy Cran's Silk Painter. Um, I'm and not Christy Kranz, can you spell that for us? I can. It's K-R-I-S-T-I-K-R-A-N-Z, Silk Painter. And if you get that far, you'll probably find it. I'm not sure that's the exact website name. So probably even if somebody Googled Christy Krantz with two Ks, they would find out more about your art and you and maybe wind up at your website. Exactly. Or my studio, Mm -hmm. because I welcome people to come and visit my studio. So is that, how would they visit your studio? Um, uh, They would probably call me. Mm-hmm. and um, set an appointment up, and then they could come to the studio. And in the studio, I have paintings that are for sale. I have always something on the rack. I have clothes that are for sale, pottery, things like that. They can come in and just watch um, if they want a demonstration um, to see how silk painting is done, things like that. Well, that sounds very exciting and gritty, very gracious of you. Thank you. Yeah, so... Uh, many places to see or actually come and watch you themselves and uh, it's been a pleasure I'm just wondering I know we just went through and went through an awful lot of your things uh, for advice I'm wondering if there's anything specific to this area that you want to comment on maybe the fire ants or if if people are don't know what to do you have any suggestions for them um, gosh, as far as fire ants go, um, I would say the best thing to do if you don't have any access to a website or anything is go to the resource center and ask there about where to go from there. Or again, you can call me um, and I'd be happy to um, school you on that. Um, I would just, I would like to see Kohala come together as one big community and set an example for the rest of the island as a community that works together to um, eradicate the koki frogs and the fire ants and um, uh, promote our, our artists and our musicians. And um, I, I think Kohala is a very unique community. And I think that we're very special. And I think other communities could learn a lot from us. Do you think so? I do. Well, and as you say, the North Koala Resource Center, you know, has this umbrella where mm-hmm. it is birthing all these, I don't know, I'm sure it's over 75 projects mm-hmm. that all serve the community. Mm-hmm. And as you say, it's about artists and musicians and farming, Farmers, food, uh, yes, and exactly. yeah, food beekeepers. And, yes. Support your local people. Um, mm-hmm. There's so many people here who are working so hard, like Lokahi Gardens. You can find them at the farmer's market, the bee people who are selling honey and candy. Support these people because they've, they're, they're putting their heart and soul into what they're um, offering. Really. Well, and making it a much richer community for all of us. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, it was an absolute pleasure to have you here today. 
I thank you. Uh, your best advice is for all of us to choose happiness today and always. That's it. All right. Thank you. Thank you so much, Christy. You're welcome. Aloha. This is Holly Allgood saying aloha. Hope to see you next week. And if anybody out there wants to be on the show, give me a call at 808-557-0354. Aloha. Thank you.